Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Happy holidays from your friends at Podcast One. Hi, everyone. It's Becca from The Lady Gang. We wanted to say thank you to all our advertisers for their support this year. We couldn't do it without you. Have a very happy holiday season. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for listening this year and have a happy and safe holiday. Hi, it's Barbara Potts. We're wishing you a happy new year. And this is Nicole. Yeah, and we're wishing you a happy holiday. Hey, everyone. It's Tina Shea from Shenanigans. Just wishing you all happy holidays and a very happy new year. Hey, guys. It's Nas and Nadia from Ladies Like Us. We want to wish our listeners a very happy holiday and say thank you to all our advertisers who support our show. We could not do it without you. Happy holidays. Hey, it's Heather and Terry Dubrow. Hello. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Chuck, I know you love being Santa. No, I am Santa. All day, every day. Happy holidays from the like a mother father. Hey, everyone. It's Kayla Bristow from Off the Vine Podcast wishing you a very happy holiday season and thank you for all of your support this year. Tis the season of giving. And we know you're looking for gifts for your family and friends right now. So check out our amazing sponsors who bring you showmance every week for free. Give us your ears. And they'll give you awesome deals. And we will give you more of the content you love. Hey, it's Heidi Pratt. I just want to thank all of our amazing sponsors for making this show possible and everything that they do so we can have this free podcast for you guys every week. So thank you so much to all of our awesome sponsors. We love you and we really love all your products. So thank you. Hey everybody, Steve Austin here. And I want to wish you a very happy holiday season and a happy new year. And that's the bottom line. Season's greetings from all of us at the Dan Patrick Show. Only the best people work on holidays. Dan and the Danettes are off. It's what we do for holidays. <laughs> but the Dan Patrick Show continues straight on into 2020. Uh, who here has their house decorated? Yeah, we got all kinds of special things that we have like around the door. And Can you bring in a picture? Yeah, I can take a picture. Yeah, He brings in a company <laughs> to decorate his house for Christmas. I, I think I'm less lazy more just I just know my limitations and I can't. Uh, you can't hang. Some, something of it, another man can. That's correct. But the playoffs are approaching, and college bowl season is here. From the Mercedes-Benz Studios in Los Angeles, this is the Dan Patrick Show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is the Dan Patrick Show. I'm Chris Broussard, alongside my partner, Kelvin Washington. And we are obviously filling in for Dan. Stick with us for the next three hours. You will not be disappointed. A lot of football to get into, obviously, but also a lot of basketball. And, Kelvin, a lot of all-decade talk. So we'll get into that as well. Uh, first off, I want to say that you just said the next three hours, and you're already wrong, my brother. It has been 24, so it'll be 27 hours that we have been together. Because I was here in spirit yesterday uh, yes. With you and Rob on accident. Do you want? Do you want to tell the people? What Actually, happened? in person too. I know. You, I know. You, you, Rob Parker and I, the Odd Couple, did the show yesterday. But at what was it? At about fifty <laughs> Eastern, five fifty <laughs> Pacific. Kelvin Washington strolls in the door, ready to go. And we like, dude, what, what, what's up? What are you doing? Oh, CB, like, I'm ready for the show. CB, it was one of those things where I knew it was Tuesday, right? I knew New Year's Eve. Okay, great. But for some reason, what ended up happening was I got a call to do a show on Saturday with Steve Hartman. So I was like, all right, that threw everything off. Where I think 
Fox Sports Radio was on my mind too much, and then I got excited about Monday. And next thing I know, when I saw Rob Parker's back, <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, <laughs> he he's not supposed to be here. This is me and CB. And I turned around, and he said, come on, Kelvin. Come on, man. It's Monday, not Tuesday. And I was like, the Hubboat? What is the Hubboat doing here? <laughs> well, the, the, here's where it's a problem. If you didn't have anything else to do tomorrow morning. Okay. now, So if you could have slept in an extra two, three hours, then I know you were really upset. If If not, if you had to be up anyway, and you got something to do right after the show or something you could have done instead of the show, then it's all good. Yeah. So which one was it? It was it was the it was the latter. I ended up yes, I did have to go to work. I did have to go to work. Uh, so I would have gotten in like an extra hour and a half, maybe Ooh. two, because the road Ooh. nobody's on the road. You're not helping the car. You didn't right say now. an extra twenty minutes. No, it was an hour. You and said an extra for sure, for sure, one twenty. Okay, for sure. But either way, I'm happy, man. Glad to be on with you. Uh, happy belated Merry Christmas to you and the family. Yes, happy New Year. Well. And uh, I'm ready to rock. Well, we we at the bottom of the hour. We'll be joined by Super Bowl champion, seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Terry Holt. So that's going to be good. And Terry is a, a great guest. He'll be a lot of fun. So definitely, I'm sorry, Tory Holt. Holt. Yeah, Tory. Keep was... it locked here with us, and uh, we'll we'll have a lot of fun with Tory. All right, but let's let's get into the story of really. I guess it's becoming the story of the week. Kelvin, and uh, it may end up being the story of the month, depending on how long this takes the Cowboys to to figure it out. But uh, Jason Garrett, everyone has assumed that this guy, and I believe rightly still, that this guy will be fired after this season. But yet it hasn't happened yet. He met yesterday with Jerry Jones for a few hours, apparently also met with his, his players. No announcement. He's also meeting today with Jerry Jones and the front office. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's no announcement today either. What do you make of the Dallas Cowboys stalling? Uh, or, or maybe you think it's not stalling. Uh, what do you think of this whole situation with Garrett? Well, I don't, I don't understand why people are surprised if there's been any delay in firing him. This has been his entire tenure. Uh, we've thought about, oh, he's going to get fired, or he should be fired, or he should be considered. And sometimes, right, when we think he's considered, Jerry Jones would tell us, I'm not going to fire him. Uh, because for whatever reasons, he really likes Jason Garrett. Now, is it a baseball situation where we see it, it, it being here in L.A., a lot of people, uh, they like Dave Roberts, the manager for the Dodgers, the man, the person. But some people have issues with him and his managing styles, coaching style. But at style. least he's got some winning to go True, with that, but, but productivity. But what a lot of people are disappointed about is they feel as though he's just simply getting his directives and information from up top, right? Hey, just do this. Here's your lineup. Here's what you're going to do in this situation. Just go be the face so we can say technically we have a manager. And I think it's the same thing that's happening with Jason Garrett, where Jerry Jones has someone who he, A, has been around the, the organization for years, someone he can trust someone who his is his guy and that he can do things he can make decisions he can be on top be the owner but also be the general manager and also be the head coach and I think he enjoys that having that person there because you have a person with a strong personality a person who really wants to run the team a person who says I am the face of this franchise as a head coach that could bump heads and I think he has nightmares or flashbacks of Jimmy Johnson where he says yes 
we won, but I was on the back burner. I was too far behind when it came to the rankings of reasonings we won. It was Jim Jones, um, Jimmy Johnson. It was obviously the triplets and the success of our players. It wasn't me, and I think his ego gets in the way, so he loves a guy that can take the blame, can be the scapegoat, but also will do what is told. So to me, it's no shock. This is what they've done, and everybody keeps assuming he's fired. I'm not assuming 100% he's fired. Yes, I would put my, I would wager that he is, but I'm not going to say it's all the way for sure, for sure thing because, again, why this season over other seasons? What was different? They've had seasons where we had expectations and they've, uh, you know, underperformed. They well, had seasons where we expected great things and they didn't achieve those. I hear you. It would be disastrous if they don't fire him, and I think they are. I mean, I'm basing it on the reports we've seen and things like that. Um, but Jerry's done this himself. One, he didn't extend Jason Garrett going into this season, so he put he put him on the hot seat. Two, the comments that he's made after the Patriots loss, which really wasn't a bad loss. I mean, thirteen to nine in Foxborough. That's no reason to go off. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. There, you know? Yeah, there have been other games that you could take. Oh, yeah. I think he was trying to light a fire under the players and under the coaching staff, and it backfired. And so he put that out there. Obviously, he was lying because he talked about, like, like Garrett was on the verge of being fired if they didn't do something. And then the next, after the next loss, it was the same thing, and obviously nothing was done. And so he, Jerry has been just saying stuff that, I mean, even with Zeke, he talked tough about Zeke at times, right? And then goes ahead and makes him the highest paid running back in NFL history. So that was a strange I, saga, CB. Like one minute he's talking about Ezekiel in a negative, but next minute he's gushing about him. And he's like, right. what and is I, going I on here? That that's how Jerry's been this whole year is back and forth saying stuff. You can't really take it to the bank. So I guess that's why you could believe that Garrett will be there. But I'm telling you, it would. there's no way the fan base, the media would destroy them. And here's the thing, Kelvin, they, they, you could have, like, as you said, you could have fired him several times before, but it's been 10 years or nine and a half to be exact. And he's gotten you to the playoffs three times. He's gotten you to winning records four times, eight and eight four times, more than any coach not named Jeff Fisher in the history of the NFL. Come on. It's time to move on. If Jerry Jones does not fire Jason Garrett, he is telling you that he cares more about being in control, getting the credit, being in charge, and personal relationships than he does about winning. But he's already and I get told it us in that. life, personal relationships are more important. But this is football. And you can still be friends with Jason. He can still be your buddy, like a son to you. But he shouldn't be coaching the team anymore going forward. But you know what? I think there's something uh, that the trend that we see in these more family-run, family-operated organizations, right? And, again, I'll just use it being here in L.A. with the Lakers. Um, it gets very difficult. And you know this from your own personal life, and I know you know I know you do a lot of other stuff, and from charitable things to you know running businesses. When you start mixing in family, it's the right thing to do in your heart, right? I want to bring in family, and by family, I don't necessarily mean just blood, but it can be family, so friends, 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 and family. Exactly. Right. You mix in friends, you make friends and family, and then it gets difficult. You get blinded by your allegiance, you get blinded blinded by your loyalty uh, to making the right decisions. And think about it. Sometimes you don't even you ignore your actual people who are family sitting right there. His own son, like I'm sure, his son's like uh, pops. 
he's got to go. Like yeah, he can he's still come over for Thanksgiving, sharp. exactly. Yeah. But he can, but he needs to go. And we see this again. The, again, the Lakers are run that way, where they're bringing everybody has to be connected to the Lakers, right? It has to be somehow you're a part of our family in order to get the job. And they did that for so long. It has to be a Byron Scott. It has to be Magic is running the team. It has to be this Kurt person, Rambis. Kurt Rambis. Has to be some connection. And sometimes it has Rob Polinka even. There, there, there I mean, you let's, go. Let's keep it real with the Lakers because obviously they're in a good spot right now. They're just lucky LeBron went there. Oh, for sure. Because if LeBron didn't, he's making this family thing maybe be successful in terms of a championship. We'll see. But other than that, if LeBron hadn't decided to go there, they wouldn't have Anthony Davis. Facts. And they'd be a mess. Facts. That's just a a little aside. No, we're not talking. No, but you're right about that. But that's the. But sometimes you need that thing to happen, uh, where it, it can propel the organization, or in this case with the Lakers, because you got to give them credit. They've had so much success. You know, put them back in the winning place. Uh, but with the Cowboys, and maybe that's what it's going to have to be, is bringing in somebody. Obviously, we, we've talked about Jason Garrett. When is he going to be officially released, uh, you know, as the coach? Then it becomes, well, who do you bring in? And they may have to do something like they did back in, what was it, 90-91, bringing in Jimmy Johnson. Uh, bringing in a guy who has a track record of winning, a track record and now from the collegiate ranks, who had a lot of success, uh, but more than anything, was able to change a culture, was able to come in and create his own thing, and that's what they may have to do. And it may have to sting Jerry Jones. It may have to hurt him a little bit that when he walks into the room, somebody hits him with the Heisman, like, um, back up for a minute. <laughs> back right. up. We're having a meeting. Can you can you come back in a minute? But he, in order to find success, he may have to do that. Somebody that's willing to challenge him. You know that. Usually growth comes with challenge, right? It has to come from a little pressure. It has to come from, to, you know, not always being your way. And that's what he's in the position. That's what he needs right now. So maybe it is an Urban Meyer, as we've heard about. Somebody's going to come in who has major success. You know, maybe arguably the greatest college coach in the last 30 years outside of Nick Saban, where you can say, hey, hold on for a minute. I kind of got this. I know what I'm doing. And keep Jerry out for a minute. Jerry, you you run the you run the business side. You're masterful at that. No one will ever take that away from you. But I got what's going on inside of here. Let me let me control this. Yeah, I feel you on a few fronts. One, you know, with the friendships and family, you hit it on the head. I mean, that's why what as journalists, what have we been taught over the years? Don't get too friendly with right, people. Right. Because you have to remain objective. It's human nature. If I'm your buddy, if you're my boy. I mean, it's going to be tougher to to do what's necessary when what's necessary is negative or what's necessary goes against you or or have to write something negative, you know. So I totally get where you're at in that standpoint. And Jerry has to understand this because obviously he doesn't want to do what he did earlier when they were successful. Jimmy Johnson and and Barry Switzer, I mean, he won with with Jimmy's players and his team. But the last 25 years, Kelvin – when Jerry abandoned that strategy of hiring football people and letting them do their thing, it's been it's been a joke. We got a we called them America's team and and they are, but we have a whole group, a whole generation of kids growing up saying, "What? Why are the Cowboys America's team?" Right? They, they, they're absolutely. Is there a joke? When, when they don't win. I mean, that's really what's how it, it'd be like if you called the Knicks, you know, America's team in the NBA. People would be like, what? That's crazy. You know, and because they haven't won. And we have a whole generation growing up seeing that they didn't win. But Jerry has to understand this, Kelvin. 
you will get credit. If you hypothetically, if you bring in Urban Meyer and you let him do his thing, say Jerry, Steven becomes the GM. I mean, you know, it's all the, the titles may not even mean anything with them. But Jerry gets out of football operations and let Steven handle it and Urban handle it. And let's say they win a Super Bowl. They get back to prominence. Jerry's still going to get credit. He's still going to get credit. Do we think Robert Kraft is making the moves with the Patriots? No, but he gets credit. And you know why he gets credit? He gets credit because he knows when to stay out of the way. He knows when to open up the pocketbook. He knows when to not open it up. But he And he also, again, I mentioned it, knows when to stay away. And we give him credit for that because we've seen the success. And we know that yes, success. owners get credit. Think about the Rooney family with the Steelers, right? And that's an example of a family run. Look, the Rooney family, because they've had such stability at the head coaching ranks, right? They've only had, what, three and 40, 50 years. Yep. Uh, they've had, they've won so Another many different Super Bowls. family run business, but they do it the right way. Yep. They have success. Exactly. That's the difference. And the Mara family as well with the Giants. I mean, I know this was a bad you know, last few years, but you just get the feeling, hey, they at least know what they're doing. They know how to stay out of the way. And they, really? And <laughs> well, well, I'm out of here. Stick, stick with the steel. Let me go back. Let me go back. So let me go. I said, Pittsburgh, what I was saying was the Roonies in different decades they've won in the 70s and then in the 90s and in the 2000s. No. But, 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 but you get, you know what I'm saying? Like the owner is going to get credit, period. Period. Nobody's going to say, well, now maybe just because he's been so insistent the last 25 years that I got to be the man, I got to be talking after every game, giving an impromptu 30-minute press conference. I've got to be the GM. I'm doing a radio interview every week. I mean, now, yeah, maybe if you win without doing all that, people will say, see, Jerry was a problem. But if you just stay in your lane as the owner – and be do what's appropriate as the owner, you're still going to get credit. Nobody's going to rip Jerry Jones and say, you know, if they had won with with a, with Braille Parcells or somebody, they wouldn't have ripped Jerry Jones. You get the credit for hiring the right guy, and that's what he has to understand. It's going to be interesting to see his move, his next move, to see who they bring in. If You know, if. I'm still saying if. I don't care. I'm still saying if they let Jason Jerry go. Oh, man. I'm I'm saying when. But we'll see. I think they reassign him and maybe, you know, I think the announcement could be we've reassigned Jason to, to blah, 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 blah. To, Turk, to bring the turkey on Thanksgiving? Right, what, what, well, th- here's the thing. They'll reassign him, and then when January 14th comes along and his contract expires, he'll, ju- he'll be done. So they may be able to do it without saying he's fired. He and has, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I want to say he has pictures on Jerry Jones or something. He's high. He has some information on him, but I think we've all seen those pictures. We've all seen everything. So. <laughs> right, right. We all got pictures <laughs> we on We all Jerry seen Jones. that. So all right. It might be time to stop referring to Aaron Rodgers as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Whoa! We'll explain next. I'm Chris Broussard, he's Kelvin Washington, and this is the Dan Patrick Show. Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's GEICO. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. No recordings. The company, GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but 
I've been a fan and a customer of Geico for a long time. And in five, four, three, two, one, I'm out. It is Chris Broussard and Kelvin Washington in for Dan Patrick. This, of course, is the Dan Patrick Show. It's brought to you by Mercedes AMG Driving Performance. All right, Kelvin, did you happen to see the NFL's top 100 team? Have you been following that? I have. Uh, You know what? There's nothing more, and you know this from being in the business, exciting than a list. Right. I don't care what it is. Just give me a list. I don't know. We can can argue about anything. Whatever. Give me, Rob G., you're a fashionable guy. Give me the top five shoes that'll never go away. Converse, Air Force One, Timberlands. You asking the wrong dude about that. Yo, well, Rob G.? No. Yeah, Rob. I thought Rob, you know, he's he like sneaker the, game. Rob, I actually helped him up his sneaker game. Damn, yeah, Rob. he gave me a si- two sizes too big, but it's cool. No, listen. If you didn't wear a size six, you'd be all right. <laughs> don't don't let them do you like that, Rob. <laughs> my, my, my point is, no matter what it is, you put a list in front of it. That was Rakim we came back in. Uh, Iowa Sam dropped it right there. You know, who top five rappers of all time, right? We love lists. So, of course, I've been following He's this. your top five? See, I didn't want to go this direct. <laughs> Not my personal top five. Really? But top young. five. No, no. I, I will say that has something to do with it. But top five like, you need that person to tell a story? Absolutely. You can't tell the story of hip-hop without Rakim. Right. I agree with that. And if you went top five, just the minute you hear that voice, you know who it is. I was a fiend. You're like, oh, Rakim. Like, he's got top five best rap voices. Like, that's an MC voice right there. No doubt. No doubt. What do you want to argue about on this list, the top 100 NFL players? Here, let me say this quickly, though. I wish the list were getting more publicity. Mm. Like, I, I, maybe a show, I don't know if it's just today's with technology, we have access to so much, but I just think a show, you know, touting the top 100 players of all time or something like that, it needs to be more prominent. I mean, you also, you kind of have to search for it True. to really, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not, and I get it, it's only the NFL Network and NFL.com and all that. But I just think that the lists, the lists like these need more prominence. Can I, can I throw a reason why I think, to your point, I think the NBA is more fun to debate. Um, because well, I, You think? I, yes. I, I mean, th- there's a, a GOAT debate between Montana and Brady is great. But it doesn't get, de- it doesn't get heated. You say Tom Brady, I'll say Joe Montana, and we'll both go. Okay, let's go get lunch. <laughs> like we'll move on. That's not how it works with me and Rob Parker, but <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 and again, I'm, I'm making a more blanketed statement, but I mean, like, I don't, you don't go into the barbershop and hear what Joe Montana. You know, it's for the most part, it's like, yeah, they're both great. Okay, I kind of see your point. I can kind of see my point. Okay, great. Whereas the NBA basketball players, it, it can get much more heated. Um, maybe also because they took so many of each position. You know what I mean? Maybe if they, they took only five quarterbacks, then you can, oh, no, you can't leave out so-and-so. You can't leave out so-and-so. Because when you get to 10, right, and I'm bringing up Sammy Ball. <laughs> well, you're leaving out, but you're leaving out a lot. And I got some issues with the list. I just think it's today, like when they do, I'm assuming the NBA, I believe their 75th year will be 2022. And they'll probably do a top 75 team. Now, maybe... I think I, I agree. I think that list will get more publicity 
But some of it's because the league will feel, it feels like the league is more behind the list where that makes it more definitive. I, I believe the league is, I mean, it's NFL.com, NFL Network. The league is behind it. But they, I don't know. They, I just think it's not out there as prominent and being as talked about as it needs to be. All right, I got another, I got another reason why. All right, so I'm going to throw this one at you. See if, it, see if this one sticks. The timing. They threw it out towards the end of the most important part of the season, toward the end of the season, right? Heading into what? Postseason. We're now, yeah, 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 I got the top 100, but let's talk about the games, right? You got the wild card playoffs. Let's talk about this team that, oh, man, they had a chance to get there. Let's talk about this coach who's getting fired because it's the end of the season. Maybe if they did it prior, like a few weeks prior to the season and just added momentum to you being excited that the season is starting, maybe? Uh, that That's not a bad idea, right? Again, in my opinion, there should have been a big show. You know, where maybe the top 100, as many of them as you can get there, are there. You know, it, it, like you do the ESPYs or something. Right, right, right. Something like that. Then it really feels like, wow, that's that's an acknowledgement. Because now you got the NFL.com list. ESPN could just as easily do a list. Bleacher Report could do a list. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just think there needs to be a definitive list. But let's, let's get to the list. Let's do All it. All right, so here's the top 10 quarterbacks in NFL history according to NFL Network. Joe Montana, this is not in any order, but Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Johnny Unitas, Otto Graham, Sammy Ball, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Roger Staubach, Brett Favre, Dan Marino. Now, I'll throw this out there before I I tell you my beef. I'm not really going to poo-poo or debate the old heads all right sammy ball autogram and johnny Unitas. we didn't see them play i don't want to belittle their and you can't go by numbers kelvin if you right, look right the numbers of the dudes back in the day were not good <laughs> i mean uh, half the time the legends threw more interceptions than they did touchdowns whole different year. yeah different era, yeah, I mean, different. It, era. it was just yeah and i and i'm not saying they weren't good it just was a different era of football so I'm not going to poo-poo them because let's face it. What about the next 100 years from now if they have an all-century team and it's got Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes on it? People be be like, who are those guys? You know, how are right. they on there? Let's, you know what I mean? So I'm not going to poo-poo that. I grew up not seeing Johnny Unitas who retired in 73. I remember a little bit. Um, and Otto Graham, I never saw him. He retired in 55. But I heard those names. They were legendary names. Sammy Ball, I heard of, but not as prominently as those two. But so let's leave those three on. That's fine. My Here's my beef. Number one, I, I believe Aaron Rodgers is better and have for the last, I don't know, seven years or so, believed he's better than Brett Favre. Mm. And so I would have Aaron Rodgers hands down, all-time leader in passer rating, all-time leader in touchdown to, uh, interception ratio. I have him head and shoulders on there above Brett Favre. All right, number two, and this is a tough one because this guy is a legend. He's mythical. Dan Marino, first quarterback ever to throw for 5,000 yards. When he did it, it'd be like throwing for 7,000 now. Right. You know, but I would put Drew Brees on there ahead of Dan Marino. Do I think he's a better quarterback? Eh. I mean, Marino had the golden arm and all that. 
But who was more accomplished? Breeze has a Super Bowl. Breeze is the all-time leader in passing yards. Breeze is the all-time leader in touchdown yards. Breeze has led the league in, in yardage more than Marino did. Led the league in touchdowns at least as many years, if not more, than Marino did. Marino, after his first six or seven years where he was prolific, just, I mean, lighting it, the, the league on fire, after that, he kind of fell off. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't like, he wasn't separating himself anymore statistically from the rest of the elite quarterbacks at that time, as he had done earlier in his career. And so I, I think longevity, as far as, you know, being great, you probably got to give to Breeze. So those would be my two, uh, Breeze and uh, Rodgers over Favre and Marino. All right, let's start with Drew Breeze. I'll, I'll start there. Uh, everything you just said, I don't think anyone can debate. Everything you just said about him, I think it's right there in our face. And I ask the question often, what is it about Drew Brees that we really, really like him, but we never want to talk about him? There's just something about him. We want to talk about Peyton Manning of, the, of his era. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Shoot, we'll talk about Eli Manning more. We all will know that Drew Brees is oh. better, but we'll talk about Eli more. Uh, we'll talk about Phillip Rivers almost equally. I don't know what it is about Drew Brees, and I don't know if it's his fault that he makes it too easy. I don't know if it's his fault that he brings no drama, so there's nothing sexy. It's just golly, he's a good old guy who always has the right answer and seems to do the right thing. I don't know what it is, but there's something about Drew Brees. We always put him on the back burner, like, oh, yeah, 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 by the way, Drew Brees, yeah, he was good too. So I used to think it was – that he had, you know, those teams had, he had a lot of seven and nine seasons, you know, not all his fault, obviously, but with the, with the uh, Saints, he had some bad seasons team wise, but I don't even think it's that anymore. I, I really think it's cause a lot of guys had some of the guys you mentioned have had bad seasons team wise. Right. I think it's just that he's, he's six feet tall, doesn't have, you know, the rocket arm. And he, he doesn't fit the mold of the prototypical quarterback. But generally, but, CB, that's what makes things a story interesting in life, right? It makes yeah, it interesting because you're not it the interesting, norm. But it doesn't make us say you're the greatest. Like, take basketball. I was I talk with Isaiah Thomas, the legend, uh, a lot in Detroit. You know, yeah. you, you know Detroit. He, he tells me, he said, look, let's keep it real. When guys talk about who the greatest player of all time is or the top five or whatever – they're really only talking about guys 6'6 six, six and up. Because he said, you don't give anybody who's not 6'6 six, six a chance to be in that conversation. And I think we recognize Isaiah's greatness. We recognize all that, Steph Curry. But you, you're not, they're not LeBron. They're not Jordan. And so I think maybe that's part of it, too. Mm. Well, I would argue Zeke, and, it, and I've been arguing that he is underrated. I think history is doing I, I him a disservice. I think he's doing history is doing a disservice. But let, let's come back to this. Yeah, we, we, we got to come back yeah, to this Yeah, because I want to get to the Aaron Rodgers side of this, to too. Share. Yeah, we'll get we'll come back we, to that. We're going to do this topic again. But right now, let's get to a man who can answer some of these questions for us. Super Bowl champion, seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver, Tory Holt. Tory, what's happening, man? Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. What's happening, Chris? I'm doing well, man. Uh, happy holidays to you guys. You too, man. It's great to have you on. I haven't seen you since uh, we were on First Things First together, but I thought you were great on that, so it's good to be talking with you again. But Absolutely. Let's... Same here, man. I appreciate that always. Yeah. And now, let me ask you this. Have you been paying attention to the NFL's top 100 team? 
You know, one I of have. the players of all time? I have. Okay, what? what let's start with Court, because you – I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on the receivers. But um, quarterbacks, I'm saying this. I think Aaron Rodgers is better than Brett Favre and should have been on there instead of Favre. And I, I think Drew Brees is just more accomplished than Dan Marino. And even though Marino is mythical and all that, I would put him over there on instead of Marino. What is your general feeling on the list of quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I saw was uh, when I saw Drew wasn't on there. I was actually really surprised um, because of just where he is history-wise, right. resetting the bar um, and, and throwing the football and passing TDs and all that accuracy. I mean, his accuracy is incredible. That's why he's able to throw for so. I mean, he touched down. And like you said, the mystical of Dan Marino is, is great. But uh, if we were going to remove one, I would remove Dan and put and put and, and would be totally comfortable putting Drew Brees in that place. I think he's deserved it. Um, all all guys are so deserved. That's what it makes the list so tough because there's so many guys. Right. Um, but those guys that they do have on the list are worthy. All good players. Really, uh, really played the game at a high level. All had a had a unique uh, change on the game. Um, but more importantly, played every week, consistently won for their teams, found different ways to win for their teams. I think when you play the quarterback position, you have to do that. Um, and those guys did it. So, uh, so, so, so totally, I'm totally fine with, with the list, man. It was a good, good list. Uh, t- you know what, Tori? There's a lot of uh, we could get into with this list. I want to ask you one more from me personally. It's, of course, your position, the wide receiver. Uh, yeah. I mean, shoot, if they if they stretched it out a little farther, you would have been on there, man. You had a lot, a lot of success. You were, of course, very fun to watch. But one guy in particular I want to ask you about, who I feel like anytime we have a list, well, it could even be the Hall of Fame ballot. He gets slighted. What? Why? What? To? What is? What is? Is because the man did crunches in the middle of his yard? Is it the man? You know, put out the sharpie and the pom poms. What yeah. is it about To where he always seems to get slighted? And, and I understand people don't like him, but I mean, OJ Simpson made the list. I'm gonna leave that at that. <laughs> yeah, you know, To To. I, I say the same thing. Um, when you look at. And what I look at a lot, and only what I look at when it comes to our game and, and, and the position of and, and, the, and the receiver position is how he played the game, and he impacted the game all the, just just like those quarterbacks that I mentioned. Tio impacted the game the same way in the biggest of moments. Uh, I think his numbers speak for it. Uh, obviously, if he got great numbers, his production was hellified every single year, all decade, all that. Um, so I, I, I think it has to do with a lot of T.O.'s personality outside of the game and how he rubs some folks in, in our business, you guys' business, the wrong way. I think they hold that against him. Look, I think about Art Monk. I'm hearing, hearing stories about Art Monk, Monk and how, uh, you know, they felt like he was slighted against because of his relationships with some folks in, in the media. Uh, but T.O. has to deal with that. He was a big personality. He's, now he's older. He's still comedy. He has a big personality, still says what he, what he feels. But his production, guys, is Jerry Rice-like, Raymond Berry-like, Paul Warfield-like, Lance Worthy-like, Randy Moss-like, Larry Fitzgerald-like, Steve Largent-like, Marvin Harrison-like, Torrey Holt-like, Isaac Bruce-like. I, mean, I can go on and on and on. Uh, he played. He was very, very productive when he was out on the field. And teams and guys that played against him know that, too. That's, sure. I, think that, I think that is where we have those players that I just named all can rest their loins because guys that they played against, Knew that they had a had a had a had a uh, competitive battle and hit in front of them for four quarters. Super Bowl champion, former All Pro Tory Holt, joining the uh, the Dan Patrick Show. 
You led the league in receiving one year, 117 receptions. So uh, Michael Thomas this year, 149 receptions, breaks the all-time record. Yeah. Tell us from a receiver standpoint, like how tough that is to do. I don't know if the yeah. average layperson, you know, can really understand how tough that is to do to catch that many balls. Yeah, well, first and foremost, you have to be your condition, your your your, and health is critical too. Having the having the the, the endurance and being able to be healthy for 16 weeks, and I'm sure Mike went through his ailments throughout the course of the season when you're when you're being used that much and and you're as productive as he's been. He's had his ailments, but he's able to work through that, stay consistent. Again, tremendous condition, great feel for the game. He's big. He knows how to play big. Drew makes him big sometimes with his throws. Um, he, he understands the chains. He understands coverage. Uh, Sean, he's in a he's in a it kind of it reminds me a little bit when we, when I first came into the National Football League and Anquan Bolden and Moss and others that played in a system and played with a team and coaches that knew how to use you, uh, put him in put him in positions that highlights his skill sets and you see that a lot in Mike and he's tough. He plays across the middle. Good run after the catch. Well, big guy too, Chris and Calvin. He right. can change directions. He can get in and out of a break too. Um, but 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 a very consistent dude. But it's tough to do that. Uh, but he has the again the endurance, the, the size. He's had the help, and then he's got a guy and quarterback and, and Breeze that can get it to him along with some other guys that help him. But Mike Thomas is is a unique football player of that size and that kind of production. Because I for a long time I was like, man, Marmon. That that's gonna be a tough number to match for a minute, right. uh, but he, you know, but he's caught up fairly quick, and uh, and he's just going to continue. He's still young, so he's going to continue. I think the way the passing game is in the National Football League, I'm glad to be to say the greatest show on turf had a, had a lot to do with how the passing game is now. Right. Uh, you're seeing a lot of the patterns, even when you think of some of the things Shanahan is doing out with the 49ers. Those are some of the patterns concepts that we ran with efficiency, and they're doing that. So. Uh, and Mike Thomas is an extension of all those guys that I just mentioned, right? All those all-time receivers. He's he's an extension of that in his era. Sorry, I wish y'all to beat the, uh, the Patriots too. By the way, I just needed that. I needed that oh, in my life. If I had two rings, Calvin, if I had two rings, myself and Isaac and others, and then we got guys already in the hall. I'd be in the hall already. That, you know I mean, what? That's about, real. I, I think I, I think of I, and I and, and, right. and, I, and I don't say that. Like, I, I say that. Because I, I think about uh, my career, and you, you mentioned uh, if they would have extended the list, I would have been on, on this list. I, I, look, I was drafted sixth overall. I just want to remind the audience. I was drafted sixth overall, and I was on the all-decade team of the 2000s. The guys that we did, there was Randy Moss and the likes that we were just talking about, I was amongst that team. Um, so that speaks volumes about uh, the, the, the production I had, but also how Mike Morris and our staff was able to kind of, we were able to, we were able to revolutionize the, the passing game, take it to another level. We were, we were running, we were that, an extension of that North turn and what he likes to do. We was running routes at like 18, 22 yard comebacks, 22, 25 yard digs. Those are long, those are long count passes. So you got to have guys like Orlando Pace and Adam Tiber, guys that can hold up. <laughs> it's really fun, but it's good to see the passing game continuing to grow. Flex, I, I like that flex, Tory. too, by the way, Tori. Yeah, I like that. Right, because I, I, I agree. I feel like you get slighted, you yeah, and man. Isaac Bruce, because yeah. I think people look at it like, oh, it was kind of a gimmick. You well, know no, I mean? and, and, that was totally, and that was totally false. We were, just, we, were, we were good, man. We were out in the Midwest, you know, and we, we, look, we took our team. We helped take the team to two championships. Right. right. We won one, lost one. We won divisional titles. 
Um, you know, all, all those things that, that, that give you credibility to be Hall of Fame worthy, we did it. We just happened to do it together. We had 1A and 1A. We were good. or We were two really Hall of Fame players that were all one team. Now, what I, what I, and that's why I say, and you, you mentioned, Calvin, about winning that second Super Bowl. That kind of would that would have continued to help validate how dominant, how good we were as players. Right. Because when you're that good, when you we have Hall of Fame caliber players like that, you should you should win more you should win more championships, and we didn't, and that burns me. But you still can't negate the fact that we got there and, and what it took to get there, the consistency and what it took to get there. And I was good. And, and another thing, guys, another and another thing, we continue to play well. Uh, on into the decade without Kurt Warner. And I love Kurt. Right. I only played three years with Kurt. Because I hear a lot of people say, oh, he was only good with, with Kurt. No, nah, that's not true. <laughs> they wasn't paying attention. Mark Bowles wasn't paying attention. Mark Bowles. Shout out to my man, Kurt. But I'm just being honest. All right, no, you're right. Thank we'll you get you on again, brother. Thanks a lot. No doubt. You guys take care. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. You too. Happy New Year, brother. The coaching carousel continues to turn in the NFL, and we have a few updates coming your way next. I'm Chris Broussard. He's Kelvin Washington, and this is the Dan Patrick Show. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. As you can tell, I'm not Dan Patrick. I'm Chris Broussard, and I'm joined by my man, Kelvin Washington, and we are bringing you the Dan Patrick Show, filling in for Dan, obviously. All right, we got a lot of news, Kelvin, to get to on the coaching front, so let's do it. Uh... Interesting, Ron Rivera, as as expected, as was reported, has signed on to coach the Washington Redskins. He, he signed a five-year deal. That's good for him because you get that. He deserves a long-term deal where you can build a culture there. So I think that's a good move for Rivera to get the five years. I don't love the Washington, you know, job with Dan Schneider as right. the owner, but – it's good that he'll get a chance to build his own culture. We'll see how that goes. And remember, they don't have a GM, so he'll probably have some say in that. Matt Rule, hot name out there, turned down, reportedly, an opportunity to interview with the Cleveland Browns. How about that? Mm. I mean, to me, that speaks of the the lack of respect people have for the way the Browns are running their operation, and particularly – under this ownership group, the Haslam's because they, since they've been there, they, they've gone through six coaches. None have gotten three years. That's just too much change. And I think coaches are looking at it like, you know what? It, it, I don't want, I don't want to be in that situation where I'm not going to get a real chance to do my thing and put my fingerprint on this organization. Yeah. I mean, you, you just hit it, man. I, what? I don't care the organization. And we just talked about the Redskins and, uh, Congrats to Ron Rivera. I think he has a reputation of being uh, – my buddy is uh, – you know Darren Haynes, too. He is a yep. big-time sports guy out there in D.C. And uh, so he posted something where he spent some time with Josh Norman, and he was singing the praises of Ron Rivera. And he was saying how he's not only a great coach in X's and O's, but he creates great character, great men. And that's kind of what you need in order to change a culture. But the thing is you can't change a culture in a year. And it's laughable when these teams and organizations hire a coach in any sport – and they expect 
you've sucked for decades or at least five, ten years, and you expect a coach to come in and in one year change the situation. Uh, you expect a coach to change, uh, uh, undo all the garbage that you've created in one yep. year. And I just find that to be laughable because that's no, there's not a real approach in any facet of life, whether it's business, whether it's parenting, it takes time. And so I laugh where it's like, if you're firing a coach in a year, then to me you need to fire the GM because you didn't vet enough, you didn't, uh, you know, do enough due diligence to realize how that this person is, you know, either not the person or it's going to take time to let the person grow and let their plan matriculate. You know, so I just find it laughable. They're like, oh, we got to fire Freddie Kids or fire this person, whoever it is, in a year. I'm like, then you really didn't have a plan anyway. What did you think this person was, a miracle worker with a Jesus right. coming up in here? I, I think they had to get rid of Freddie, but I, I feel you. I feel you on that. But here's the But why thing. did you hire Freddie in the first place then? It was a mistake. It, it, I, some people think they got to get rid of Dorsey, John Dorsey, the GM. I don't. I would give him another chance. He's got a track record of winning. But I hear you. That's oh, he's updating his LinkedIn page. That's me for sure. He is updating his LinkedIn page. <laughs> he is, baby, what, do we got some nice resume paper? He is doing Man. that right now. But I ain't saying they're firing him, but the big news, this is interesting. Well, we'll get to it later. Dan Patrick Show, two hours left. There are things that should not be. Copycat killers. They exist. Those who are compelled to turn bloody fiction into a real-life horror story. He was inspired by the Joker. They do it because the act gives them power and control. The life is together. Life imitates art. And unfortunately, so does death. Reels and Podcast One, who brought you Murder Made Me Famous, comes the next great true crime podcast, Copycat Killers. Join host Dr. J. Buzz Von Orensteiner as he analyzes true crimes based on Hollywood hits. New episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.